If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Monday night, Monday night. That's right. What's going on, you guys? It's Plum Love Foods Live. It's Monday night. It's 10 p.m. We are live. It's live from B, baby. That's right. The number one food talk program of its kind on the entire planet. That's right. You're listening to it right now, live on a Monday night at 10.01 p.m. on the East Coast. It is 7 o'clock on the West Coast. The sandwich somewhere in between. It's like 6 and it's like 5, I think. No, wait. It's not 5. It's like eight and nine and all the other stuff there my name is chef plum welcome to plum love foods live i hope you're all doing well this evening i have been rushing around all day long making it home just in time to give the children a kiss good night and get right here to the computer to get ready to go because we are going to have a fantastic show tonight we are talking beer it is no secret that i love beer i love beer almost as much as i love to breathe and breathing is important and integral in my life so when it comes to beer it's up there with breathing and tonight's a beer episode. Uh, I made some new friends this past weekend at the uh, Edible on the Road shoot uh, with some friends at Thimble Island Brewing Company in Brantford, Connecticut. And let me tell you something. Uh, these guys are doing things the right way. Uh, they appeal to the masses. 
and they also appeal to the uh, IPA connoisseur. They're doing the right thing here, so looking forward to talking to them tonight. We've got Dan Cole coming on. He is the manager of Brewing Operations. He's a great guy. He's a good talker, so uh, looking forward to having a conversation with Dan tonight uh, and drink a little bit of beer. Uh, so anyway, you guys, you may have heard a little bit. You've seen a little bit. Uh, I am uh, playing around with a brand new app slash social media thingy uh, from our good friend and show uh, and, 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 a, and a person who's been on this show, of course, and my buddy Ryan Starr. He uh, has a new app and it's not Ryan Starr. It's called Station Head. And honestly, it's one of the coolest things ever. It links to your Spotify account. You can play whatever music you want. You can organize uh, whatever songs you want to play on it, which is a lot of fun. But not only that, you can go on there and go live and do your own radio show whenever you want to whoever you want. And the amount of people, like, uh, it's kind of like a followers, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, people follow you. And uh, when you go live, they're alerted that you're about to go live and they tune in and check it out. It's really, really freaking cool. And uh, I've been uh, honored to be a part of the beta testing for this program. And uh, there's a few hundred people on, no, I don't even know if that many, but there's there's a lot of people on there right now um, that are just kind of signing up and getting new to it. I've been off for a little over a week now, and uh, I can't get enough of it. It's so much fun. And the coolest thing is you program your channel with each individual song that you want to have. And you can, you can play whatever you want, dude. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And you go on, you're on your mouth, and you talk. So we'll do a little giveaway if anyone's interested in uh, checking this out. Reach out to me. Uh, I can get you a beta invite if you want to check out the app. It's really cool. And uh, I've got a couple of them I can give away. So give me a reach out. Uh, hit me on social media. Hit me on uh, hit me on uh, the Instagrams. Or of course, you can always just email chef at plumlovefoods.com. That's chef at plumlovefoods.com. Tell me you're interested. I'll get a beta code, test code over there to you. You can check it out. I'm telling you, it's awesome. And it's going to change social media completely. It's totally going to change social media because it's such a <clears throat> what social media lacks in like that immediate human reaction. Station head is going to have. It's going to be all the social media plus the immediate human reaction. I think that's what's going to be awesome about it, and it's fun to have and play with. So I'm thankful and lucky to have the opportunity to do this. If you want to check it out, shoot me a message, man. Uh, just and, and tell me you're interested in checking out the uh, the new app, and we can get you on there. It doesn't cost any money or anything. You just come on, and check it out, uh, listen, play with it, see what you think, and then occasionally give some feedback if you're asked. It's really easy, man. But it's awesome, and uh, I hope you guys want to check it out and reach out and see what it's about. So this past weekend, we were started shooting se uh, season three, Edible Nutmeg on the Road. Uh, we had a fantastic shoot. We went to uh, Farmer's Cow Brew. Farmer's, I said Farmer's Cow Brewing. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Farmer's Cow, they're a dairy farm. Uh, it was very, very cool to go be a part of a dairy farm that's that big and see the whole process and be a part of it. And I didn't get to milk a cow. I was a little, a little bit let down by that. I really would like to have milked the cow. It would have been freaking awesome. But uh, to be there and see it uh, and see such great people that run the place and that are, you know, so into it and just it's what they do and they have such passion for it and such love for it. And when you ever see somebody who is so uh, impassioned by what they do, it's very inspiring. And these guys are definitely that and totally enjoyed it. We wanted to get some shots with the drone because uh, it would be cool to get, you know, drone shots overhead because the place is just stunningly gorgeous and beautiful. Uh, it was very, very cold, too. It was like negative 63 degrees, uh, if I remember correctly. But it was absolutely just gorgeous. Uh, we wanted to get some drone shots. We couldn't get the drone shots because it was so windy out there, man. Uh, and when you have the drone, it's awesome. 
but the drone does not like wind and drones and wind are not good friends. So we couldn't use that uh, or even get any shots from it, but we did get to go out there and see it and, and check it out. And I tell you, honestly, it's, it's a place I hope to uh, go back. That's so loud. What is that? I hope to go back to very soon because I dug it a lot. I'm trying, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to simulcast here on station head. So I'm turning it on right now and my channel is obviously playing Biggie, which is very funny. <clears throat> but like I said, we were out there, uh, dairy farm, watching how things are done on the dairy farm, checking out how things are uh, produced on the dairy farm, and just seeing how much is involved in that and making it happen. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it, it was pretty impressive, a whole operation. They have over 600 cows, they're Holstein cows, which means they're kind of brown and they're white and they're different colors, and, uh, but it, it was awesome, just beautiful. So I really enjoyed it, and I hope to be able to check those guys out again here very soon because they're awesome, dude. It was just, I mean, I've never been to a dairy farm quite like that, but to go there, see it, be a part of it, it, it was very humbling to check out. So again, right now we are simulcasting uh, my show uh, on Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, Tune FM, everywhere else. We're simulcasting right now on this brand new thing called Station Head. And one of the coolest things about Station Head is you have immediate interaction with people and uh uh, we are being told hello from our friend Stacy. She said, what's up, Stacy? How are you? We're actually simulcasting the show right now, which is pretty cool. Uh, obviously, you can't hear what's in my headphones right now, but there's not much to hear. It's just me talking and running my mouth. Uh, so then we also we also uh, went to a place called Chamard Vineyards uh, out in Madison, Connecticut. An amazing place. Uh, going out there, hanging out, uh, tasting some wine. I tell you what, the, these wines, uh, um, they don't get enough credit. Uh, they were good stuff, so I was happy to be there and check that guy and check those out and taste those. And I made seven new friends there, you guys. Seven new friends at the winery, and they were seven new girls, which is even better. Uh, I tend to do well in that sort of scenario because I can run my mouth a lot. That's about it. Hey, I see that my friends over at Station Head actually just uh, chimed into the room here as we simulcast the radio show right now from Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, Tune in FM, uh, everywhere else you get all of your live audio entertainment. Uh, we're also now simulcasting on Station Head, which you guys check it out. Listen, if you're interested in this, reach out to me, uh, talk to me. We'll see if we can't get you a, a code, a beta test. It, it's a it's a fantastic app. So I actually had the uh, opportunity today to go hang out at uh, Station Head uh, offices down in New York City and uh, met the guys. Uh, very very nice guys. Uh, enjoyed hanging out with them. And I was saying earlier how uh, it's inspiring. For me to go to a place like a farm or things like that and see people who are so passionate about the work that they do uh and, and the guys over at station head are no different they are extremely passionate about what they're doing and it's very inspiring to see so you guys please keep up the good work uh it's inspiring people to do things and that's what we need in this world is people who are inspired to do stuff no more of this uh you know just just complacency that we have in every form of life and every walk of life so thank you guys for the hospitality I look forward to the future i can't wait to see what happens and finally uh, on our shoot Saturday, we went and hung out at uh, what's become one of my new favorite breweries. Um, uh, it's honest. Uh, honestly, I had a great time. Um, and we went to um, a place called Stimble Island Brewing Company, which uh, I made my new friend Dan, who's going to be on the program tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about beer itself, the beer community. We're going to talk more about uh, just how the beer lifestyle is definitely a lifestyle now. And I have a lot of questions for Dan. Uh, so I'm looking forward to bringing those up to him. I'm not going to say them now because he'll hear me and then he'll be prepared for them. That's a lot of fun. And that's kind of the fun about being here on Station Head, too, is that everyone can hear us as we're talking, which is really, really cool. Uh, so 
again, if you're interested, shoot me a message. We'll get you on the uh, see my I'm getting a message now if someone's interested in checking out Station Head. So we'll see if we can't make that happen for you. Uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a great show. We're hanging out with Dan Cole, the manager of brewing operate manager of brewing. Why am I talking so fast? We're hanging out tonight with Dan Cole. He is the manager of brewing operations at Thimble Island Brewing Company in Brantford, Connecticut. Uh, they are uh, a great brewery. As a matter of fact, I'm sitting here having one of their beers right now as we speak. Uh, sorry, Jace. I know I wanted to drink with you guys, but I didn't drink till I got home. So um, now I'm, I'm, it's funny. I'm talking to two different radio people. It's kind of crazy. Uh, at Station Head, I didn't drink while I was there because I had to drive. I was trying to be a very responsible adult. So I didn't do that there. But in the meantime, you guys, I'm going to get my ducks in a row right here. Uh, and get ready to uh, have a great conversation with my man, Dan, from Thimble Island Brewing Company. And hey, stay tuned, too, because check it out on uh, Instagram. We're going to do a giveaway. Uh, our good friends over at Hot Blocks Cutting Boards are setting us up with an amazing board, handmade, engraved, whatever you like on it, to give away. So we're going to set up a great, great giveaway with those guys. Uh, Hot Blocks, my man, uh, Chef Kevin Levine, his company, they are crushing it. These boards are phenomenal. I can't tell you enough. You'll see them on the new episodes when they come out. These cutting boards are absolutely, they're gorgeous. They're handmade. They're just so beautiful. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity for you to uh, win one yourself. We're going to give away the details for that tonight. And uh, we're going we're gonna to figure out how we're going to make that happen. Something fun. i got to figure out something fun because I love giving away stuff. So anyway, that's, that's the complete plan with that. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, in between time, I'm going to play a song. I'm going to pour a beer. I'm going to talk exclusively to my station head friends uh, for a minute or two before we get on with our interview with the one and only Dan Cole from Thimble Island Brewing Company. So, ladies and gentlemen, please stay right there. I'll be right back. You're checking out Plum Love Foods Live right here on TuneIn FM, Blog Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, Carrier Pigeon, Smoke Signal, every place else you get that sort of stuff. I'll be right back, guys. Hang tight. Here's Rise Against with Injection.
God, you know, it's never good when you're trying to take that last sip of beer before the song ends so you can hit what's called the post. Uh, and I hate that. Different background music. We need different background music. There we go. We'll start with that. When you try to get that last sip of beer as the uh, song ends before you can get in there and start talking. <laughs> so anyway, I, I had to uh, get my final sip in there um, to make sure we could, uh, you know, talk appropriately and whatnot. I uh, hope you guys are having a great night. We're going to have a great show tonight. We're talking all about beer tonight with uh, my good friend, Dan Cole. He's the manager of brewing operations for Thimble Island Brewing Company. Uh, what has actually become uh, kind of one of my favorite breweries. These guys are killing it. They're doing a great job over there. Uh, they are making some great beers. And what they're doing that I think is really important is that they are actually uh, brewing for everybody, not just for the quote, quote, beer snob. Uh, I have a bunch of people on hold. I see we have a bunch of calls. I just want you guys to know the chances of taking calls tonight are pretty slim. Uh, if you're just calling in to listen, that's cool. I'm not going to hang up on you. But just so you know, we're probably not going to go to calls. Just FYI. Uh, anyway, uh, met Dan last Saturday. Uh, super sweet guy. Super nice guy. Very, very knowledgeable gentleman. So I thought it'd be fun to have a conversation about beer. Not just so much about what they do. Obviously, we'll talk about that a little bit. But more about beer industry and kind of what's happening in the beer industry uh, because the guy is just he's so knowledgeable about it so i thought it was a, a great time to have him on and you know whenever i, I find uh, a great guy to talk to about beer who is uh as attractive of a man as dan is uh, I, I jumped at the opportunity to have him on ladies and gentlemen mr dan cole is on the line with us right now brother what's happening how are you good evening chef how you doing i am good i'm kind of annoyed at this background music it's a little bit obnoxious isn't it <laughs> I mean, it's a Monday night. We shouldn't be at a rave. <laughs> the clubs I'm turning it off. About seven years ago. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! So, dude, uh, check it out, man. I'm so glad to have you on here, man. You and I had a great conversation about an hour and a half ago on the phone. I think we could have kept going, just recorded that, and called it the damn interview. But um, uh, I, I came to the brewery, met you guys. Uh, actually, really, really. Uh, kind of fell in love with the brewery there and, and, and the product you guys are making. It's kind of funny. I think when you go to a place uh, like Symbol Island Brewery Company, when you go to the brewery itself uh, and you have a great time, a great, you know, you meet great people, uh, I think it really kind of sets the whole experience. I think flavors uh, and, and all kind of go hand in hand with the experience itself. I mean, definitely it's good to drink it at home when you're not there or whatnot, but when you have a great experience or something, it definitely makes it taste better when you're drinking it at home. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. That was... I didn't, I didn't I was know where like, I was going with that one. <laughs> no, dude, it's cool. Listen, so it, it's, it's one of those things with me. Like, uh, so I would see, you know, I go to my store and, and I would see Thimble Island Brewing in the, in, the, in the case. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. But I'd always look at that American ale because I'm an ale guy. I'm not a lager guy. And I would look at it. I'd look at it. And I was like, eh, eh, eh. And then I started buying it one day. And uh, I bought it several times since. And as a matter of fact, I'm sitting here drinking it right now as I'm talking to you. Uh, one of the things you brought up to me that I thought was great is how you guys, you know, obviously you make some great IPAs and some great other beers, but you also brew beer for like the regular beer drinker. Like you'll make a beer that's not crazy hoppy or, you know, something. it's more, you know, as far as like the, the you know, the, the general population goes, is a little bit more approachable and drinkable. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reason that I imagine you probably went eh, most of the time on the shelf is with our package product, at least we're always trying to be a little bit more on the um, approachable side. So no, you know, bright, you know, overwhelming colors or graphics. Right. We try to be, I, I always like to tell people, we try to be a little bit on the classier side when it comes to our packaged beer. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, we find that once people drink the beer, we got a lot of repeat customers. So at the end of yeah. the day, <laughs> the packaging isn't as important. But, I mean, yeah, there's, there's so many different types of beers out there now. And we, as, as you know, we've been in the industry for six, seven years now. And right. you know, when we first got started, there weren't anywhere near as many, you know, even styles of beer. Um, you know, nowadays, like you said, you've got black IPAs, red IPAs, you know, white IPAs, and right. spiced beers been around for a while. Sours have taken off. Everything is just so, you know, it's, it's just intense in the industry right now. And we like to be the beer that people, you know, can always come to. We're not overwhelming in terms of flavor. We're really, like you said, approachable, good beers, well-made, well-crafted. Um, and we like, we like being that brand. Now, that's not to say we don't do some, you know, over-the-top stuff. Um, we've recently started doing some experimentation with sours, uh, with some different sure. um, IPAs. But we save a lot of that for the draft, um, the draft market, where, you know, bars are going to be, trying to just bring in and whatever's different and whatever's new. And we want to appeal to that crowd as well. So we're definitely, you know, trying to appeal to many people in the market. Um, and that's, that's more difficult than a lot of people give credit for um, just because there are so many different types of people out there. Uh, malt monsters, hop heads, uh, all different types of people that like different things and different beers. And, right. you know, we're, we're trying to be that good brand of great beers but at the same time, we're also pushing the envelope. Um, I can tell you, you said you're drinking the American. Right now, I'm drinking our 2016 bourbon barrel-aged Imperial Stout, the Mutually Assured Destruction. And this beer is oh, fantastic. Um, it's an 11%er, a little bit bigger than the American, but 11 yeah, yeah. you know, beer that's just really nice to sip, really easy to drink. So, um, you know, well, we I, heard, I heard you guys. but we're not afraid. I urge you guys to definitely check them out. Uh, ThimbleIslandBrewing.com is the website. Go over there, check them out. You can see what they're making, see how they're doing it. These guys are doing a fantastic job. And it's kind of become, honestly, one of my favorite beers, especially after hanging out at the brewery. But it's funny because you talk about the beer you're drinking compared to what I'm drinking, right? You know, I'm drinking the American Ale, uh, easy, smooth. Like, this is a great after-work beer for me. That's what I love. I mean, I've worked all day today. I came home, popped top on one of these, poured it in a glass, and it's incredibly refreshing. It's delicious. Like, it doesn't overly kill me with hops the malt is nice on it but it's it's smooth which i, I really dig that and i think a lot of people these days that, who are doing you know the quote quote micro brews they're just hopping the shit out of everything i know that you're a hop guy but you know some people I, it's, it's, it's... as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Tough to have that after a long day of work, for me at least. It, absolutely. I, I mean, I find myself more often than not with a lot of these bigger, more intense, you know, hoppier, sour beers. I find myself, you know, almost needing a palate cleanser in between, you know, mm-hmm. each of those beers. So I'll go for, you know, something big like a big double IPA. And then after the next beer will be like, you know, a nice easy drinking lager and then back to a, you know, big IPA or a bourbon barrel aged stout. Um, but, I, you know, I always tell people, you know, I'm too old, man. I can't switch up like that. I'll I'll be all fucked up in the morning. I can't do that shit. If I switch up what I'm drinking all 15 times, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't have that problem as much yet, but I'm sure I'll get there pretty soon. <laughs> well, but you're a guy too, who is. I mean, you got you're making great beer. You're working with the brewery. You worked your way. You actually worked your way up to get to be able to work for, for a brewery, you were working for free and doing some volunteering at places at first, right? Yeah, I got into the industry itself about seven, eight years ago. And I just started by volunteering um, at beer festivals um, with these great people, uh, actually that also ran my homebrew shop, who I picked up all my homebrew supplies. And, um, you know, I, I eventually met people in the industry. Uh, they asked me to, you know, help them out with events. Uh, networking happened and just, you know, it just took off from there. And um, recently a position opened up um, at Thimble Island. Um, not that recently at this point, but, um, and I, I went for it. I, I knew the guys at Thimble Island. I knew they made good beer and I knew I wanted to be a part of that. So I pushed really hard for it. Um, you know, been working as hard as I can. And uh, I think it's paying off. Um, I get to be a part of a great, you know, company like that. And right. they allow me to do something I love every day. Well, I mean, so you're there every day. You're, I mean, you're, I mean, honestly, your title is manager of brewing operations. What does that mean? <laughs> um, basically, I just oversee everything that happens in the brewery and in the warehouse. Um, we are Connecticut's largest self-distributing brewery which means that we, you know, always have a lot of stock that we have to warehouse and cycle through. That's part of my position. I oversee, you know, what happens in the brewery from production of the product to packaging of the product. Um, I handle raw ingredient sourcing, um, some new product development, like developing new formulas. Um, so my hands in a little bit of everything, if it has to do with the beer. Um, right. Yeah. It just, you know, Oh, that lose you there? No, 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 I'm here. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, sometimes it cuts out, and I apologize for that. I mean, it, no, it, no, you kind of have your hand. In, you kind of have your hand in everything there. When we came, uh, you were kind of like our, uh, you know, you're kind of our go-to guy when we were there shooting, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate that. I think you'll be really happy when that comes oh, out. We loved having you guys. You know, it's just it's a fun thing to do, and you see it, and the damn series is taken off, and it's great, and. <laughs> Uh, but it's great to see, you know, to go to places like that. Because it's for me, you know, uh, maybe not everybody knows or it doesn't. 
it's amazing to me, I guess what I'm trying to say, is how many people don't know they can just go to the brewery. Like, they don't understand that. Like, you just go to a brewery. I, I think it's crazy to say, especially you, because you work there, you're surrounded by it every day. Uh, but, you know, I've had people to me that, you know, I'm like, yeah, we're going to go to the brewery. They're like, wait, you can do that? I'm like, yeah, you absolutely can. And where you guys are, I mean, you weren't always there. This is, this is a new building for you guys, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've, we started six to seven years ago, like I said, and we, you know, I, it wasn't me. It was the owners um, started in a little garage unit, uh, worked our way up to like um, basically a business park unit. And now we're in a 30,000 square foot facility. Uh, actually it used to be the old gravy master building. They used to make gravy master there, uh, believe it or not. Nice. And uh, nice. yeah, <laughs> some of the things we found when we were renovating that building were really, really interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, um, but we just, with the market expanding the way it did and people definitely were receptive towards our product. And if you don't grow, um, then you're going to miss out on great opportunities. And, you know, whereas we were just trying to keep up in our old facility with our staple products, um, right. you know, now that we're in a larger facility and we can brew more, we have larger tanks, we're able to, you know, be able to do the fun stuff too that I talked about. We call them the limited edition beers, um, yeah. one-off beers that we just want to have fun with. Um, so it, it's been great for the industry. Uh, it's been great for our market, but it's also been great for us as brewers because I mean, we, we don't stagnate. We get to have fun. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I wish like to your point earlier, I wish more people would stop into the brewery. I mean, we're, our tap rooms open seven days a week. Um, I'm there six days a week. I do take Sundays off. Um, yeah, good for you. otherwise my girlfriend would kill me, uh, totally <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it, it, I love being there, which is why I'm there so much. I mean, I have, a well, it's hard not to, cause really you, you're a guy who worked hard to get the opportunity to be, you know, a manager of brewing operations. Like that's, I mean, you weren't just like, Oh, here's my buddy. Let me hire him. You worked your ass off to get there, which is an amazing uh, accomplishment, especially for you. I mean, you're looking at, I mean, this is a, a career sort of thing with these guys, isn't it for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I used to work in the food industry, uh, research and development. Um, and when I made the choice to switch, that was a conscious decision that this is what I want my career to be. You know, I, I want, I want to get in the beer industry. I don't, you know, it's not like I just want to dabble my toe into it. I want to be a serious part of it. I want to be, right. you know, part of the force that's driving uh, the Connecticut beer market, not just someone who, you know, is like interested, but I, I want to be one of those driving forces personally. Yeah. Well, it's definitely become a thing now. And that's kind of what leads me to my next little, little set of questions or topic I want to bring up with you. Like, so beer is definitely a thing. Like we, you and I have talked about in the past about how, you know, growing up or, you know, when I was first, you know, in the rest, restaurant industry as a kid or younger, like it wasn't a thing. There wasn't like all these IPAs and just different types of beer. I mean, you had your Bud, Bud Light, Sam Adams, Guinness, you know, and maybe the, you know, the import would be like Corona or DeSecchi's. And that's what you had. That's what the choices were. Occasionally, somebody would come up with, with something a little bit different, something more local. Uh, growing up in Richmond, Virginia, we had Rich Brow, which is a pretty good beer. But um, in the end, uh, now uh, it, it's become a thing where we have every state has their beers. They have and, it's, and every state's getting bigger and bigger when it comes to beers. So I guess the first question for you is, at what point, I mean, all of a sudden, I just, I feel like we woke up one day and it was like, regu it was normal to pay 12 bucks for a six pack. 
Like that just happened. And and I don't know when, but all of a sudden that became the thing. Like, okay, a six pack of good beer costs $12. Like that just happened out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah. I I mean, it, I, I always use the example when we got started in the, when, when the company of Thimble was started, we were the sixth license in Connecticut. Uh, and right. now there's over 53. Um, I mean, it's wow. exploded and that was six years ago. Um, and right. really that explosion only happened in the past, you know, four to five years. Um, but I mean, if, if, if we're being entirely honest, I think what happened was, you know, people started getting really into beer because originally, um, you know, it was just those standard 12 choices. Um, you know, I got started in craft beer because Sam Adams, uh, I had a, I had a Sam Adams when I was younger and I was like, Oh, this is really good. I love the fact that they have so many different flavors. You know, they had cherry wheat and they had, um, Right. Boston Lager. And they had, you know, all these different flavors, whereas it was just, it was different. And I always loved different. And I think what happened is people got so knowledgeable, um, you know, that, that took off and Sierra Nevada, um, you know, a lot of people attribute Sierra Nevada to the birth of hops, you know, hops being really prevalent in beers. And, um, you know, I think as people saw these different beers, they finally, as a collective consciousness, were like, yeah, it's time to try something different. You know, and of course, it was the younger generations, um, you know, the 20 the something year olds that were like, they hadn't been drinking it all their, you know, the other stuff all their lives. And so they were still really, you know, open to something new and something different. And that's actually what they wanted. They wanted something that would set them apart almost. Yeah. And they found it in these craft breweries. And once one started showing a lot of progress, uh, more people, you know, got into home brewing, uh, and then that home brewing took off into breweries. I mean, most of the breweries I can think of in Connecticut were started by people that started off by home brewing. Um, totally. And granted, it's not it's not just a okay home brewing to brewing. There's a lot of stuff in between. Um, right. But you know, I think that passion for being able to do something different. Um, you know, and, and by enjoying that, you know, you become more of a unique individual. Um, you stand out. And I think that really appealed to people. Well, it's, it's the truth. And, but I mean, I, I say that kind of in jest when I say like, you know, we pay $12 for a six pack of beer, but I don't think twice about it. If I want some, I, I, that's what, it, that's what good beer costs. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, you know, I think I, I make the joke about it you know, when I was a kid, at some point we woke up and sneakers cost 120 bucks. You know, I make that joke and and I don't know when that happened. It just happened. And uh, it's not something we ever were used to. But same thing with beer. But <clears throat> there's a definite difference. You know, when you pay, you get a good six pack. If I buy, you know, I buy a six pack of Thimble Island. I mean, it's 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 delicious. It's different than, you know, a six pack of Bud Light. It's just not even we're not comparing the same thing. It's not it's not even though it's definitely they're two beers it's just not the same thing but i think to go back to what i was saying before no go ahead go ahead oh i was just gonna say what you're paying for is is you know more unique ingredients you know the the big Mm -hmm. hop beers are so expensive because listen i do raw material sourcing i know how much hops cost i mean they go anywhere from right seven to thirty dollars a pound um right you're using you know you're using pounds what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Upon pounds of these things to get that hop and, you know, that flavor and aroma imparted into the beer. And, you know, you're paying for, I'm not saying, you're getting quality no matter what. But what you're paying for is those unique ingredients, you know, the, the things to make it, you know, to a hop head, it's hops, and that makes it better. And, you right. know, to someone who really likes malty beers, you're paying for more unique malts. You know, instead of just being one type of malt, you're paying for seven to eight different types of malt in your beer, which is going to give you a better complexity of flavors. But those specialty malts cost more money. And unfortunately, right. I mean, if they cost more to the, the, the breweries, then they're going to cost more to the, the people too. But they don't mind paying that much because, um, well, it's, it's good beer and they love drinking it. And if you love That's something, you're, you're going to do it, you know? I mean, yeah, I, it's, I like it's, prices. In- it's fantastic beer. It's, it's, it's great beer. It tastes good. I enjoy drinking it. Like, it's, you know, I, but now, uh, you know, I think we're so if you appreciate things like that, I mean, listen, there's, there's always gonna be that contingency of people who don't really give a shit. They don't care. Right. <laughs> they want, they say, you know, what oh, kind wow. of beer do I want? I want beer that tastes like beer. Gotcha. Cool. Totally. Get yourself a 30, 30 rack of Bush and call it a day. I totally understand. Uh, and then I'm not going to lie. There's not going to be a time in my life where maybe I'm not at a fishing camp or something that I'm probably going to drink one of those, whatever. It's cool. It's cool. But um, once you get the taste for it and they acquire the taste for it, you can definitely tell a difference. And I think that uh, more people are becoming that way, are, are being able to taste a difference and want something better, more complexity, more, just more things going on with it. And I think that you're seeing that now with even here locally in Connecticut, where we have this boom of all of a sudden these breweries everywhere. Uh, you know, some of them aren't great. Some of them are good, but I think the majority of them, they do a pretty good job. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I, I can't say bad about any breweries in Connecticut. I think they're definitely all not great no, no, no. with what they're doing. And, the, you know, the great thing is that you're starting to see a lot more niche breweries, too. Breweries that are focusing on farmhouse-style beers. Breweries that are yeah. focusing on sours. Breweries that are known for their IPAs. You know, things totally. like that, it, it allows the market to not become as oversaturated as it possibly could. Um, I mean, that's that's the that's the biggest fear, is that the market will become oversaturated. But to be honest, sure. the 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 buyers of beer are keeping up with it. You know, the, the more breweries are opening, but more people are drinking craft beer. So we haven't, you know, we're not seeing that saturation yet, uh, which is great well, because now we're just getting more and more. And the thing that I love about it is because as more and more breweries are trying to differentiate themselves, they're going back to old styles that haven't been seen yes. for, you know, decades. And I love yes. the fact that they're bringing the history back of could have been lost had somebody not taken the time to try and bring it back. It's just, you're so right, dude, about just understanding, you know, I always talk about uh, when I'm training new guys in the kitchen or doing new guys with me, I always tell them that, you know, you got to understand the history of the business. You understand what's going on and where this thing came from. A wise man once said, Dan, and this wise man was the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, The American dream, Dusty Rhodes once said, if you don't know where you came from, you'll never know where you're going. And I think that's the biggest piece Absolutely. of advice I've tried to live by my entire life. Isn't that amazing? And that was a pro wrestler that said that, by the way. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. How awesome is that? 
That's 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 awesome. <laughs> and very, he said very it more like this. He he had a list. He's like, let me tell you something, Daddy. If you don't know where you came from, you'll never know where you're going. And it was just I don't know. I, I'm an old pro wrestling fan. You should have started with part. You should have started with the with the accent. That was. That I should have. That's right, Daddy O. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll, next time I'll remember that. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to see how uh, I just think the beer industry is totally changing. And, you know, you, you said yourself at one point, uh, not tonight, not in this conversation, but in the conversation previous that you and I had had that, you know, some of these guys, listen, I had New Belgian Brewing on this on this show. I had no idea how big mm-hmm. they were. They're fucking enormous. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and, but but they would still come I. on. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, listen, a little, they're, what are they, the fourth largest brewery in the in the in this country or something. It's crazy. But the fact that they still would come on a program like this and just talk about their pride. They love what they do. And when you meet people who are proud of what they do, they love what they do. They have passion about what they do. That's inspiring. You know, I think that that's uh, a lot of that's missing in this day and age. And these guys, uh, they were, they were so cool. She was awesome. Uh, She's like, whatever you need, you ever need something, give me a shout. Thanks for the interview. So humble to me and my little radio show here. And I thought that was amazing to have somebody that big come on. And, and be cool about it. Oh, absolutely. The, I, I got to tell you, the industry has some of the best people I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Most of my best friends, I could easily say, um, were in, are in the beer industry or were in the beer industry. And it just, it, it's like exactly what you said. It, it breeds passionate people. The only people that really excel in the brewing industry are those who are so passionate about their jobs and about what right. they love to, to brew that there's no other option for them. That's the only thing that they can do. And because of that, they do it so incredibly well. And I, it's I hard love work. people in the industry. Oh, it's hard work. If you don't love absolutely. it. Like I said, six, if you, six days yeah, a week, if you don't, probably 70 to 80 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. If you don't love it, why the fuck would you be there? And these guys love what they do. Like you, I can see it when with you. And I was you know, interviewing you for the TV show or for the, for the, the series and you're i mean you're just so into it man you dig it you love it and it's it's awesome to see like that's inspiring to see that's why that's what what ended up happening with i was trying to get that i get emotional i'm a pisces i can't help it uh but like i saw you talking about that so i started kind of focusing on that trying to get that across to people so i think that's inspiring to people more so than talking about the product itself but talking about just the people who are involved in it and how passionate they are i think that's awesome and that that brings customers in the door that brings people in the door who are going to become fans i'm a giant fan of the beer now more than i ever was uh because of that you know after hanging out with you guys and being there and i think again it kind of goes back to what i said before uh when we started this conversation when you when you uh go to a place you have a great experience there you meet the people there you love the people you fall in love with how they're doing it the whole process it makes the product better and i think that's all part of it for me when i'm doing catering catering events you know Part of what I do, I, I call it catertaining, Dan, right? And so I'll come out and I talk about the dishes, I talk about the food, where it came from, why we made it, tell a story behind it, uh, you know, and, and people love that stuff. When I was on, you know, one of the one of the times I was on Food Network, I was on there talking about how I made food for my wife, that's how I met her, and people love that. They love those stories and that, because then what it does, it makes them feel like they're closer to you. And I know I, I do it on a little rant there, a little tangent, I apologize, but uh, what's one of the no, things no, I think Paul, you guys it's true. you guys conveyed that tremendously when we were there last weekend? Well, I'll tell you the truth, Chef. I, I mean, 
most of the time, you know, that I'm there and it's after six o'clock, it's the bartenders hate me at our tap room because I'll stand behind the bar. (laughs) I'll stand behind the bar and I'll just talk with customers um, because I I just, I like seeing what they think. And I, I can't think of a single good brewery in Connecticut that doesn't send like their brewer or their production staff, you know, out with their sales reps to events just so right. they can see what people think and so they can interact because this is what they live and breathe. And this is, totally. you know, this is, and they want to know whether good or bad is the beer good or bad, because to be honest, you know, you get enough customers saying, you know, Oh, I really like, you know, that IPA you guys made last week, but it was a little too bitter for me. All right. Enough people say it. I'll change the formula. Cause at the end of the yeah. day, you know, I, you know, I want people to enjoy the beer. It's not about necessarily just what I like. Obviously, I'm going to push for what I like, but um, it's more about <laughs> what the consumer wants. And if you can't get that direct connection with the consumer, then you're going to be missing out on so many great opportunities. I think you're right about that. So listen, John O'Donnell on Twitter wants me to ask you. He says, do you think okay. that in five years, uh, in five years, uh, as a whole, the industry is going to be you know, the craft brew, the micro brew, whatever you want to call it, is going to be completely oversaturated and is going to explode? Or will it, will it, will it, uh, I don't know, what's he trying to say? Will it shrink? He said, will it shrink? But I don't know if that makes any sense. So, you know, will, it, will we see it kind of work itself out, I guess? So, this is, this is amongst brewery people, this is probably one of the biggest discussions that we have. Is there going to be a bubble popping? Um, and this guy is in I New Orleans, by the way. He's, he's a great guy in New Orleans, and they have great beers down there too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've had some Nola beers. They're they're top notch. Um, <laughs> me too. I don't remember much um, of it, but yeah, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> if it's my my personal opinion, I've I've had arguments with people in the industry about this. My personal well, Dan, opinion just remember, is just remember, Dan, you have a microphone right now yep. and an audience that makes that makes you no matter what we're talking about, we're experts. We have microphones. Oh, great. <laughs> we're, we're experts. I've never been yep. ever been called that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are now. Um, oh, great. <laughs> um, my personal opinion is that we're not going to see a bubble pop. It's not going to be all of a sudden there's. 70 breweries, and then the next year, there's going to be seven. I don't think that. I, I think what's going to happen, a lot of people that get into this industry, um, you know, they, they don't fully recognize the amount of work. The, the passion is what drives us, but the, the work is what makes the brewery really operate. And a lot of people, right. I, I think, get into it, and they don't fully grasp how much you have to give of yourself um, to the brewery to make it succeed. And what we'll see is uh, we'll see a leveling out, a plateauing, maybe a little dip, um, you know, in terms of the number of breweries as some people just realize that it, as a, as a, as a, a hobby, it was great. Um, and they're very passionate about it, but they just don't want to make a career out of it. And, and that's perfectly sure. fine. That's great. I mean, every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. 
Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. At the end of the day, we're getting people more knowledgeable, um, whether they, they stay in the game or not. That's a decision they have to make for themselves. But I think we will see some people that decide to get out of it. Um, I think we'll see some, some breweries, just their beers might not resonate with consumers. And, you know, they'll fall to the wayside of a, another brewery that, that isn't like that. You know, the, another brewery that is, you know, staying relevant or, you know, giving, you know, the, the, the beer quality is a little bit better. Um, now, I'm not saying that anyone out there has bad quality. I'm just saying that at this point, it's no longer about offering craft beers. It's offering the best craft beers out there. And only the best of the right. best are going to make it in five years, in 10 years. Um, we saw a little bit of a, a crash, um, I want to say, back in the early 2000s. Um, you know, I wasn't in the industry yet, but they talk about it a lot in, amongst the people that have been in the industry for a while where there was almost a culling of breweries. Um, a lot of breweries that couldn't, you know, we, we had record hop shortages. A lot of breweries couldn't get hops. Um, and a lot of them just couldn't stay relevant. And for some reason, there was a culling of the market. And I don't think that we'll see something that drastic again. But what I do think we'll see is that, you know, some, of the, some people will get into it and get out. Some people will realize they don't want to do it anymore. Um, I mean, I look at Cavalry Brewing Company. I always thought that they made really good product, and the gentleman just right. decided that he didn't want to he did he didn't want to pursue that as a career anymore. Which is which is per, I mean that's what I was told. Um, wow. Which is perfectly fine. Um, but and I think you're going to see more of that. Um, I, I don't want to I don't want to be a doomsayer because I could be absolutely wrong. I mean, if there's one thing, a lot of people have been saying that that's going to happen for the past, you know five, six, seven years, and they're just year after year being proven wrong. Um, we just keep getting more breweries. Uh, just keep more breweries popping up and, and states breweries, all over and the they're, place. They're making, and they're making it. You know, they're, they're making good beers. Um, yeah. Like I said before, I can't think of a, a brewery in Connecticut that's not doing good things. Um, well, I think it's not just Connecticut. I think you're seeing them kind of, you're seeing them all over the place, and it's not just Connecticut. And I tell you, uh, next time I see you, I'm going to bring you some of this. One of my favorite breweries in the entire world, uh, I'm not sure if you ever had them, uh, is my friends uh, over at Montauk Brewing Company in Montauk. And these guys, yeah. uh, have you had their stuff? They're fucking crushing it with what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. And, I had a really uh, good friend uh, that I used to work with that lived in Long Island. He would bring me Montauk, Long Ireland, uh, um, Port Chef. Um, really great beer. Yeah, they're doing Port good Jeff, things over in Port Long Chef. Island. Oh my God, they're crushing it! And we're doing the TV show out there with those guys. We're doing the the, we're, the edible on the road. We're doing it out there with them with Edible East End and Edible Long Island and um, uh, Montauk Brewing Company. Man, these guys, I'm telling you, what they are doing, the way they're doing it, they're 100% sustainable. How crazy is that? The grains they get that they brew with come from a farm, right? And when they're done with that, yep. uh, it's called Amber Amber Waves Farm. They send them back and they feed the livestock with the spent grains. How cool is that? That's amazing. I think a lot of guys yeah. probably do that, but yeah. I mean, it's just a cool thing to see how there's no waste in what they do and their product, their summer ale is just, I mean, you and I could drink 90 of their summer ales. It would just be the greatest thing ever. Like it's just, they're crushing it and they're just such cool cats. And then when you actually see 
where they their production facility and what they do it's it's their production facility is the size of your tasting room it's it's tiny tiny and and they're they're killing it but the point is is that even you know seeing guys like that doing it there who are so passionate about it and even in the off season they're packed every single day they're packed but talking about possibly uh having like a bubble burst sort of thing man i don't see it coming i just see it getting bigger and bigger and i actually think uh in the future you'll see less and less people drinking you know the 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 anheuser-busch products the you know the miller lights you'll see a lot less of that as we move forward i mean yeah the the, yeah, the, the craft beer industry is growing but it's still small compared to you know what the anheuser what the Miller Coors guys are doing. And right. there's no reason to say that we won't keep taking a, you know, as craft beer, we won't keep taking, you know, a chunk of that percentage. Uh, I think that's why you see a lot of those bigger uh, breweries, those bigger brewing conglomerates, um, you know, picking up craft beers. I mean, th- th- those guys are, are, you know, serious companies. They're not going to do something if they didn't know it was right. going to make them money. And you see them, you know, over the past few years, you've been seeing them, you know, by many, many uh, controlling stakes and many, many breweries all over the country. And it's because they know there's money to be made there. Um, and it, like I wonder said, how that works, Dan. I wonder how that works, Dan. Like they, they, they buy controlling stakes in the company and, they're, and they own the company. But like, you know, for instance, uh, uh, Blue Point, uh, they're owned by Anheuser-Busch now, I think, right? Yep. Yeah, AB InBev has the, uh, I'm pretty sure, the controlling stock. If not the controlling stock, it, it's they, they do have a large stock of it. Right. That's still a good beer. They still make a great beer. They're out in Long Island. They do a good job. Uh, their beers are great. I, uh, but but with that, I wonder, like, do they try to change the recipe? Like, they come in and they try to change it? Or they're like, listen, they're already successful. We just want to be a part of it. We're not trying to come in here and change anything. I mean, do you know anything about that sort of stuff? I've talked to people that have, you know, been, that have looked more into it than I have. And this is, again, I'm not an expert, uh, but I have. No, you have a microphone. Yes, you are. You got a microphone. You're you're good. You're good. Um, Everything I've heard about the breweries that they've picked up, they haven't made a lot of changes to their stock products. What a lot of people have been seeing is once you're, um, aligned with those types of companies, your distribution goes way up. So whereas you might have only been distributed in the Northeast, now because you're with a national brand, you're going to be nationally distributed, which is going to blow up production. Um, Blow up in a good way. Make it big, not blow up like... Yeah, but is it? But is it a good way? Or is it... (laughs) But listen, is it a good thing? Because your production, let's say you guys, something that happens like that to you, you blow up. All of a sudden now you're all over the East Coast. Can you maintain, you know, that level of consistency? I'm drinking the American Ale. This is delicious beer right now. If something like that happened and you got blown up, can you maintain that consistency, that that amazing product, but on that big of a scale? I mean, I, I can't, it's not easy. I mean, I think it's all it's dependent upon which route you want to go. I mean, you can do one of two things. You can scale up your production facility to the point where you can make that much beer. And if it's in your own production facility and you can do, you know, say one batch, a, a smaller batch, then you can usually scale up pretty easily if you're using the same ingredients, the same facility, the same water, the same yeast strength, all that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, it's a formula. 
and you should yeah. be able to replicate it, you know, from small to big. Now, the other option that you can do um, is go with a contract brewery. Um, so you can right. go out there and we actually contract brews for some people um, because we're large enough and we have the tank space. We, we're trying to give people opportunity to, you know, get their beer out as well. But it, well, it's it a smart takes, thing to do. That takes a little bit. I'm sorry. It's a smart thing to do. If you have the space for it, I mean, you're already paying to oh, have yeah. the space. Oh, yeah. Contract brewing is, is, is a very smart thing to do because, you know, at least then you're making some money on space that could be empty to begin with, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you that our tanks are rarely ever empty, but, um, you know, we definitely, it, it's, for us, it's a great chance to help other breweries get product out, you know, smaller breweries or other breweries that might not be able to package their beer, but want to package right. their beer. You know, we, we can do that. Or, you know, um, there's the other term called gypsy breweries, where they don't actually have their own facility. Um, they give their, their uh, formulas uh, to a brewery, the brewery makes it for them and they sell it. Um, but they don't actually have a brick and mortar place. You know, there's, there's right. different ways of doing contracts, but back to my point, I mean, that's the other way that you can meet with production. You know, um, you just, you go to another brewery, you work with them to get the formula down pat on their equipment because each, each brewing system is going to have a different impact on how the beer comes out. Um, so you're right. going to have to adjust things if you're going to a different brewery, but you can definitely do that too. And that will allow you, you know, say if our American ale exploded and we all of a sudden started distributing down in, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, Florida, all that kind of stuff. Um, we might go to a brewery down there and say, here's the formula. Let's do a few batches, get it down pat, and you guys can make the beer for us. I mean, awesome. I, I don't think we would ever do that. I think we would more be along the lines of making our facility larger. Um, mm -hmm. But that's, that's the option that breweries have. They can either scale up their production facility or they can reach out to uh, a contract brewery, a, a, a brewery that does contracts. Um, so there's definitely it, ways to keep up with it. It's, it's more it's about making business. sure that the beer, yeah, it's just making sure that the beer stays good, the quality stays high, and that you know consumers don't get bored with it. Uh, that's why every other month, every brewery comes out with a different beer. It's because as great as it is that it's a very uh, intense market, everyone wants something different. And, you know, month over month, a lot of people, you know, were crazy about um, West Coast style IPAs three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. It's not that nobody cares, but people aren't as big into that as they are to say New England style IPAs or sours. You know, both right. of them are very big trends right now. And if you can't keep up with that, then you aren't going to stay relevant in the consumer eye. So, I mean, scaling up in production is important, but at the same time, you have to keep innovating. Um, I always tell people, but you know, innovate or die. You said New England IPA, like that wasn't even a thing five years ago. Like that wasn't even like a, mm. I mean, it's amazing how much it's grown. Oh, absolutely. It's, and it's the changing palette of the beer consumer. Um, you know, they, they, they crave what's new. They love what's new and they, they want something different and new all the time. That's why a lot of beer bars you see nowadays that are opening up, they have so many different tap, uh, options. Yeah. and mm, you know, they're just bringing in, you know, what's new, the brewery, the new, newest thing that the brewery has to offer. And that's great because, you know, it constantly has different changes of taste, uh, for people to, to try out. But at the same time, 
we don't want to lose track of, like you said before, you got to know where you come from to see where you're going. Um, there you go. So, and listen, when you use that shit tomorrow on somebody at work, I just want to make sure you say that your buddy Plum told you that. Just, just give me credit for it. I got to start with Daddy O, though, right? <laughs> that's right, Daddy. Let me tell you something, Daddy. <laughs> you have a list when you say it. That's that's the key thing there. Um, you just, I, I got a couple more questions for you, man. I appreciate your time tonight, just chatting and talking back no, and no talking for like three hours about beer. And you guys, I highly encourage you to check out <laughs> thimbleislandbrewing.com. That's thimbleislandbrewery.com. Check those guys out to see what they're doing there. These guys are crushing. If you're ever in the Northeast, I highly recommend uh, you go over there, ask for Dan. He'll take care of you. He'll talk to you. He'll, he'll tell you all about the beer. And I'm sure if you're nice to him, he'll even buy you a beer. I'm positive because he's a good guy. He'll do that sort of stuff. Uh, but all right, well, yeah, don't be giving so, away all our beer for free here. I got to make some profit. <laughs> so it, it's funny to see how much things are changing. And, and you know, it, it all kind of goes, you know, food and beer, the trends kind of go hand in hand. And these days, you know, the buzzword is gluten. And uh, you have people coming out now making gluten-free beers using sorghum. Uh, and honestly, uh, I got to tell you that gluten-free beer is, is, is not good. Like, I haven't had a good one yet. Well, I have. That's what I'm getting at. Um, I hadn't had a good one for a long time uh, until I met this young lady named Taylor. Have you ever met Taylor? Taylor Groff? She's awesome. I haven't. I haven't met her. Okay. I've heard things. I've heard really good things. Let me tell you the story really quick. Um, so she has celiac and she has a gluten allergy and whatnot, but she's a beer drinker. She loves fucking beer. And she has started her own brewery, um, uh, Church Out Beer, and she's crushing it, dude. She, uh, I met her when we were shooting for uh, Edible for the for the actual uh, for season two for Edible on Nutmeg, and I met her at a festival. And uh, you know, it's just it's just great to see. You know, you have uh, a, a girl. Usually, you go to these tastings or these festivals, and there's girls pouring and whatnot. And I understand whatever. It's cool. So I met Taylor. I thought it was what she was, just some girl pouring whatever. And you get to talking to her, and you realize it's her company. It's her brewery. It's her recipe. She's the brewer. Everything about it is all 100% her. And then you taste it. And, and I was like, this beer is delicious. The spices she's putting in it, like, like it, it, she does. She adds a lot of spices to it and stuff, which is crazy from a culinary standpoint. It's what she does. And um, the beer is phenomenal. It's delicious. And then she told me it was gluten-free. I had no idea. And she's crushing it. And now listen, is it a beer that I'm probably going to drink on a fishing trip? I don't know. In the summertime, probably not. But when it's cold outside, it was warm. It had this kind of kick to it delicious stuff uh when you see people like this people like her again very very inspiring female business owner female brewer i mean i don't see much of that very often although the people from from new belgium i talked to i talked to a girl that was awesome but you see her coming out and what she's doing she just made an amazing stout um and you see that that's inspiring to, for me to see too when you see people trying to make gluten-free products and whatnot and i'm sure you've had some that aren't very good is that the immediate thing amongst the brewing community, I guess is my question? If someone says they're making a gluten-free product, you're like, God, that's garbage. Immediately. Like, is it like this stigmata that's already on it? I think if you talk to people in the brewing industry, no. Uh, maybe some consumers would be that way. Because I think for the longest time, you know, people weren't aware of, you know, how restrictive that kind of diet is. So anybody that made a gluten-free beer – you know, they might not necessarily put a lot of effort into it, but it, it just goes back to what I was saying earlier. She's obviously passionate about the beer. Oh my she God. She cares enough that she's going to put that work in to make a damn good beer. 
you know, that's, that's gluten-free. At the end of the day, it shouldn't matter if it's, if it's gluten-free, alcohol-free, you know, I think we're going to see, a, you know, very soon a lot of good non-alcoholic beers because people love the flavor of beer, but, you know, they can't always, you know, drink alcohol. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's how passionate the people are that they're not going to say, oh, I'll just put out a half-assed product and be done with it. No, I mean, I, I, like I said, I haven't met her, but she sounds like she really gives a care about the, the beer. Oh, my God. So she's not yeah. going to put out a product, you know. I'm, no. She probably took years developing those formulas until they were at the point yep. where she was ready to, to debut them under her brand. But if you have the passion, you're willing to put in the work, and you're not going to settle for half best. Dude, it's good. That's a blew me away. I didn't know it was gluten-free beer, and then I drank it, and I was like, this is a great beer. It's interesting. It's different, you know, but it's a great beer. I could totally drink this while watching a football game or whatnot, which uh, I did. And um, she ended up filling a five-liter keg for me. I think I told you I can. I have a tap here at the house that was five-liter keg. She filled a keg for me, and I uh, put it on there, and I pressurized it, and I drank it for – I think week seven and week eight of uh, football season this year, but um, it's great to see people like that doing that. Who who I, I, what, I, what I, the whole point of me bringing that up is that you see an industry now that is just open to people doing different things and is accepting of it. And I wasn't sure that if someone coming in doing like a gluten free type thing, if they were just scrutinized for it right off the bat, or you know if they're accepted in the whole community. I mean, you're always going to encounter in any industry people that are closed-minded about what's new and what's different. But I think okay. the great thing about the beer industry is that that percentage of the industry is so small. Uh, right. I mean, I always like to think of the brewing industry as a, as a big, you know, we care about each other. And we're not going to immediately say, oh, this person's beer is crap without even tasting it. And like right. you said, the product is fantastic then we're going to, we're, we'll probably be more apt to go up to her and say, how the hell did you pull this off? Like people yeah. have been trying for years and you mastered it, you know? So I, I think that, like I said, there's always going to be a group that's closed minded, but I, I don't think you can do that and still excel in this industry. You know, you, you got to be open to the new, to the different and you got to be open to learning new techniques from other people, you know? Totally. Everyone's going to have something totally. that they do the best at. And, you know, for her, it's gluten-free beers. For other people, like I said, it's different styles of beer. But, you know, if you're not willing to, you know, ask and say, you know, what did you do? Then you're not going to learn. And, and, you know, those closed-minded people are, are usually going to be the ones that, will probably be pushed out the first, you know, just because they're not willing to try new things or they're not willing to, you know, really communicate. But like I said, I think that in this industry, especially, you see that so little. Um, it, it's just, we're too dang supportive of each other. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, right. it's us, you know, just trying to beat the drum together and, you know, make craft beer a thing that's not just a, uh, a small fraction, but, you know, the majority in the industry. Well, you're definitely accomplishing that for sure. And trust me, as a chef uh, with, with 20 years experience, I look at people's pictures and judge them immediately before I even know them or taste it. I look at it and go, take that goddamn sprig of rosemary off the fucking plate. You can't eat it. It shouldn't <laughs> be there. What the fuck is wrong with you? Stop putting this shit there. But 
that's just me. I'm just saying. <laughs> for me, it's, um, for me, it's mint on a dessert. If you have like a uh, of mint on a dessert plate, it. just cr- drives me crazy. I'm like, I'm not going to chew on a twig for my dessert. <laughs> well, you have some food background. We haven't even talked, gotten into that yet, and I think that's going to be a part two of this conversation, man. We do uh, some roundtables on here, especially with beer, with food. I'm definitely going to have you back on for that because you're a great guy to talk to. Um, I, I'm digging the beer. <laughs> I'm on number four of American Ale right now, and uh, one of my favorite beers has kind of become my go-to. I really dig it. And listen, I'm not like a little bitch when it comes to beer. Like, I'll drink hoppy beers. I'll do it. I know I've been kind of like saying I wouldn't, but I'll do it. But, you know, after coming home from work after a long, you know, whatever, it's been 12-hour day today, uh, all I wanted was an easy drink of beer and a great conversation. I've gotten both of those tonight uh, with you and Thimble Island Brewing, bro. I really appreciate it, man. It's been a great conversation. We're not quite done yet. But uh, a lot of fun. Looking forward to spending more time with you guys and maybe doing a fun dinner. I think we should do that. I gotta, I gotta talk to uh, absolutely. I gotta talk, talk to your people over there. And see if we can't make that happen. So listen, a couple of quick hitters, a couple of quick questions. Uh, then we'll do a quick round of what do we learn and get you on out of here. I've got about what do I got left on the clock. I got about twenty minutes left on the clock. So check it out. Uh, what do you think, man? What's the most important ingredient when it comes to brewing beer? Is it the hops? Is it the malt? Is it the water? What's the most important ingredient? All right. You might mock me for this, uh, but I think it's the brewer. I mean, at the end of the day, you could take two formulas that are exactly the same, run them on the same brew system, and the product can turn out completely different because the brewer is just more focused is more intense. Um, you know, they're, they're paying attention to every little change in the beer system. Um, what's happening, what caramelization level am I hitting with, you know, a longer boil, but that that's me. I, I, again, I, I think it's all about the people. Um, I mean, you can get ingredients anywhere. Um, there's obviously higher quality ingredients. There's lower quality ingredients. Um, but at the end of the day, what really differentiates a beer from one another is going to be the people that brew it. Um, and like I said, it might sound corny, but that's something that I honestly believe. Um, well, dude, your PR now, team was listening right now. They would be applauding you. Like that was the most like, like best <laughs> PR answer you could have given. Like you're like, no, it's the people, everybody. Like that was the most, uh, that was a great, it was a great answer, but it was definitely like, the right answer to say <laughs> that was impressive <laughs> nicely done sir nicely done <laughs> every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and community safe if you are ready for a new mission join u.s border patrol and go beyond Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Uh, All right. Um, Now, going back to what you said before, um, I am a hophead. 
So I love hops. And I love the fact that as the industry has grown, the hop growers and the hop producers have grown with the industry and they're making new strains and they're making new products, um, you know, new types of flavors. I mean, Citra five years ago, no one had even heard about it. It was just bursting yeah. onto the scene. And now look how many different beers feature that hop because of what, how unique of a flavor it imparts on the beer. And on the flip mm. side, uh, the malts, the malts are just as important. Whereas, you know, when the beer industry first got started, you know, you had the base malt and maybe, you know, couple, you know, maybe 10 to 12 different types of specialty malts to work with. Now you have right. dozens upon dozens of different types of specialty malts, as well as the fact that they're from all over the world. I mean, you can get a chocolate malt from America, Germany, the UK, um, you know, Ireland, uh, and each one of them is going to impart something different, which gives a great much like wine. Years. Yeah, I mean, much yeah. like wine and how um, the grapes grow, like based on the terroir, the land, and where it comes from, and even things like you know, I, I'm a big wine guy, and just you know, the salinity in the air, the salinity in the in the in the in the soil. It's so many different things can affect how much those things taste, and even with hops and when they grow. You're totally right, dude, 100. And I think that's uh, that's a great way to put it. And however, uh, I want you. I'll let you finish, but I know you're going to tell me some more about hops. <laughs> no, I actually wasn't. I was going to say the one thing that I always attribute most to the terroir of the beer is the water. Uh, every different uh, area a... of the country has different types of water with different mineral contents. And obviously yes. there's ways to adjust the mineral content and the salts and all that kind of stuff in the water. But I think when people really embrace what that area's water has to do mm. and uses that towards the benefit of the beer, I mean, that's what they used to do back in the day. A lot of beers, old, old school beer styles were dependent upon what kind of water that they were working with. So when I think terroir, I think the water, because that's right. so unique to every different area of the country. Um, I mean, if you look back and I, I do a little – very amateurish uh, history hunting when it comes to beer. And I, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that before Prohibition, the New Haven area, uh, which is where we're from, uh, right. was one of the highest number of breweries in the country uh, per capita. Wow. And that was because of the water. And I think that what happened is that's why the pizza in New Haven is the way it is as well, is because yes. that, that water flavor really imparts into the flavor of the pizza dough just the way it did back when they made it with the beer. See, that's what I was trying to push for. That's actually where I wanted to go with that question was talking about the water, but I didn't think you were going to go there and you did it. And I apologize for cutting you off because that was uh, that's where I wanted to go. It's talking about how the water reflects the flavor. <laughs> and, and you Do did you want it, me to talk you, about you, the yeast too? Because that's really important too. <laughs> I know the yeast strains, but Jesus Christ, we're going to, people will get too confused. We're talking about yeast strains then. I know. Dude, I've tried to homebrew several times. I've probably tried to homebrew 16, 17 times. I've been successful once. Uh, every time I do it, I just screw the whole thing up. It doesn't work out. I don't have the patience. It's it's not good. Um, anyway, uh, so so we talked about the ingredients like that. What's your favorite uh, beer you guys are you guys have on a regular basis right now? Uh, my favorite of our staples. Um, again, I'm a hop head. I love our ghost. We actually uh, yeah. dry hop that one with Citra. Uh, the aroma hop we use is a Falconer's Flight blend. Uh, which has a lot mm -hmm. of great hops in it. Um, I, I, that's my go-to. Now it's a bigger beer. Uh, it's an eight percent beer, so it's wow. 
I can't. It's like he said before. I can't drink too many of them in succession because then I won't be uh, able to walk. Um, right. But you know, it's funny. You, you you brought it up before, and I think it's more a matter of what you're drinking it for. Like I, I went on a camping trip this uh, this summer, and um, I went with a bunch of my friends. Obviously, I'm the one who brought beer. The majority sure. of what I brought was our lager. You know, I love our lager. It's very light, easy drinking. It's a lawnmower beer, a fishing beer. Um, love but, it. You know, in the winter, I'm not going to be drinking as much of the lager because I want something that's going to warm me up more. So it's sure. it's it's more about what I like at the time of the year or what I like when I'm doing a certain activity. Um, yeah. What's the lager called? What's the lager called? Thimble Lager. I don't think I've seen that in my store. I got to tell them to get that in. I, I got to give that a go. I think I've tasted that yet. Definitely. Is it? I'm definitely an ale guy, but I don't think I've ever had the lager. I gotta give that a go. Sounds like a pretty easy drinking beer. Sorry, so check to it out. The brewery, I'll give you a 12 pack. I'll go to the brewery day of the week. Are you kidding me? It's not even that far of a drive. I'm in. Um, so check it out. So let me ask you this then. So uh, two more yep. beer questions for you then. So if you had to pick another beer to drink forever, right? So it's forever. You can uh, only have this beer. You, you can't have your beer. Uh, what would be the choice? From anywhere in the country? Yep. It doesn't have to just be Connecticut. Oh, my God. No. Oh, anywhere. so many different beers I've had. It, it just can't be your beer. <sighs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, oh, geez. Uh, that's a Should really I play some holding music I for you? Think, I mean, can you put, like, Jeopardy music or something on? I was just looking to see if I had it in the, in the sound in the sound thing here. I don't think I have it in here. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm kind of a classical guy. So if there was one beer that I could only drink, uh, you know, all all the rest of my life, and it wasn't one of our beers, I think I'd go back towards my roots, and I would drink the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I, I yeah. think that that is just mm-hmm. such, a, such a solid beer. And yep. the fact that, you know, like I said before, it really helped jumpstart hops as more than just a bittering agent in beers. Right. And if, if I was supporting that legacy, I, I, think, I, would, I think I would really enjoy doing that. Um, I mean, I, it's so hard. I've had great beers from – Chicago, from Richmond, from Texas, from California. Wow. You brought up Richmond. So that's great. Well, I, I actually lived in Richmond for a little while. So when you said that, I was a little blown away. Right. That's my hometown. That's where I grew up. Well, have you been to any of the breweries down there recently? Because they got some fantastic uh, breweries there. <laughs> well, obviously, Legend is, 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 you know, I think of Legend in Richmond. Legend, Rich Brow. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been back to Richmond in a long time. How long ago did you live there? This is going to be a weird conversation for people who aren't familiar, but how long ago were you there? Uh, less than a year ago. And I okay. Moved down All right. So about I, nine months. Okay. So I moved away a long, uh, years and years ago. I ran a very, very big restaurant called Mulligan's, uh, in the fan. Uh, I lived in the fan. I went to VCU, like, like the whole other conversation oh, itself right there. <laughs> ah, the fan. <laughs> Wait, what, what part did you live in? What part did you live in? I was south of the river. I was in uh, Midlothian. Right on. I, I went to. I grew up in Chesterfield County. Is where I grew up. And and. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I, that's crazy, man. <laughs> Richmond's a Richmond's a great city. If the if they ever finish building it, it'll be great. 
If you ever get a chance, I recommend going down there now. You you got great breweries doing great things. Um, one of my favorites down there was uh, called The Answer. It was a brew pub. Uh, the guy that, that opened it did some of the best beers I, I've had in years. Mm. Um, mm. Triple Crossing. Uh, I used to go to Triple Crossing every Tuesday night because they would have board games there. Uh, and you know, it was, it was a whole bunch of us would get together, play board games, drink the beer. And again, top notch beers. Um, nice, there's man. gotta be somewhere around like 10 to 12 breweries just in Richmond alone at this point. There might be more to be honest, but. Well, you know, uh, they say that the mid Atlantic is the next, the, the mid Atlantic is the next big and up and coming, um, food and beer area in the country. And, and. Uh, I, I kind of got to agree with that. So listen, last question for you, man. I don't want to bore everybody with uh, talking about Richmond, which I can do forever. I have been back in a long time, and there's a whole lot of stories that I'll tell you off the air. We're just chatting. Uh, but <laughs> if you had to pick one beer the rest of your life, uh-huh. you don't get any other choices. The rest of your life, you get this one beer, no matter what. It can't be a microbrewery. It has to be your, quote, quote, domestic Whatever, Budweiser, Bud Light, Miller Light, but it has to be one of those. What's it going to be? Does it have to be domestic? Uh, uh, yes. Yes, it does. This is my rules. Yes, it has to be a domestic beer. <laughs> Come on, okay. just for fun, just for fun. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Um, the rest oh, of your life, being... you don't get any other choices. Um, I'm a, I, I, uh, I was known to drink a lot of PBR back in the day. Uh, and I okay. think that I would go back if I, if I could only do one, there's just something about that, that blue ribbon, um, that, you know, yeah. it, it resonates with me. It reminds, it reminds me of good times. And I think that, you know, if I had to have one of those domestic, as you call them beers, um, for the rest of my life, it would be probably PBR tall boys. Uh, served in a wow. served in a, a paper bag. It has to be served in a paper bag. Uh, nice, for, <laughs> for <class>. nice, <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. I think I would probably do. Does Yingling count? Uh, are they large? I don't know if they're large enough to no longer be considered a craft brewery. Uh, you can I, buy I Yingling have to look anywhere at their in the barrel country. Yeah, but you can buy Sierra Nevada anywhere in the country. Would you still consider them craft beer? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I want to change my answer. You're changing things up. No, you can't. You're getting PBR the rest of your life. That's all you get now. You can't change it. Uh, I, I don't. Th- I don't think I consider Yingling that. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm a big. I love Yingling. I had Yingling on tap at my wedding. I love that fucking beer. I know it's weird, but to me, it's just uh, one of my uh, go-to kind of beers. At least it was before I fell in love with uh, this American ale from Thimble Island Brewing Company, which I urge you guys to check out. Uh, these guys are great. ThimbleIslandBrewing.com. Uh, these guys are killing it, uh, taking craft beer to another level, which I think a lot of people are, but you guys are on the forefront here in Connecticut, um, and, and it's awesome. Who came first? Did Two Roads come first, or you guys come first? Um, I'm pretty sure we had our license first. Right on. I'd have to check right the records, but I'm pretty sure we had the license first. Um, all right well check it out we've got obviously about, we the got largest about... brewery in... no go ahead dude go ahead we, have, we apparently have a delay oh, I was just gonna say they're, they're easily larger than us they're a much larger production facility and they're putting out great product too 
So they're blowing up, I mean, man. They're blowing up. They're they're good people too. Uh, I like those guys yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. We got a couple minutes left here. I want to do. We really only have a couple minutes left. I, it's amazing how fast the time goes when I talk to you. I, I drove almost the entire way home from New York City talking to you, and 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 also that was almost home when we when we hung up. Um, uh, then I went to my beer shop and and bought beer. It took forever, which is another funny thing. I think craft breweries have also now made uh, the old school liquor stores quote quote are now beer shops and wine shops, which is pretty funny. Um, it just sounds yeah. better when you say that. Um, uh, quick, uh, I want to do a quick round of what did we learn. I have to do it for my for my boys over there, Ergo Chef Knives. Check it out, you guys. Ergo Chef Knives, the new shape of cutlery. We are shaping your brain right now. Uh, we're talking about what we learned tonight on this very program. Uh, our conversation with Dan Cole, the manager of brewing operations over at Thimble Island Brewing Company. Make sure you check out ErgoChefKnives.com. Use promo code Chef Plum, or I'm sorry, promo code Plum fifteen off to get yourself a brand new knife and a little bit of a discount. Uh, Dan, I learned tonight that uh, in the brewing community, uh, using words like hophead and malt monster, which I'd never heard. Apparently, if you're going to make an analogy about beer, it has to be kind of a uh, same letter uh, the entire way through. I learned that tonight from you. Alliteration is really important in this community. Yes! Alliteration! I'm dumb. I couldn't think of that. I'm illiterate. <laughs> uh, I learned that there is a fantastic gluten beer, gluten-free beer out there that I need to try. Mm. That is for sure. No doubt about that. You definitely do. Check them out. It's churchoutbeer.com. My friend Taylor, she is crushing it. Uh, she's pregnant now, so I don't know how that's going to work. But I told her, I said, this is running a business. You can't be pregnant. You got to work your ass off, dude. And uh, obviously, that doesn't go over very well. Uh, it's like, so, dude, my uh, my first my first round of kids, I had twins the first time around. Uh, and then my second uh, round of children, I only had one. Uh, I told my wife, I said, listen, honey, the first time you did this, you had two. This time, you got one. So I don't want to hear any bullshit. Like, you made it through two. Like, you really can't complain. Uh, I thought that was a home run of a fucking joke. Uh, it wasn't. So don't ever say that if you uh, are in the same scenario I was in. It doesn't go over very well. <laughs> uh, I learned I tonight. Learned what that... not to say in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned tonight that Dan uh, would drink PBR the rest of his life if he had to make that choice. And that, that is very educational for me to know. Are you going to hold would, that you... against me for like... No. I'm a fucking cook, man. What are you talking about? I'm going to hold you against you drinking PBR? Never. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, I learned, Definitely not. I learned that you had Yingling as your beer of choice at your wedding. That's true. That's true. I did. That was 2003, by the way. 2003 when that happened. Just just throwing that out there. I didn't even think uh, they were distributing uh, Yingling in Connecticut at that point. Uh, it was in, I got married in the, in Hilton Head. I'm sorry. I got married in, uh, uh, the outer banks of North Carolina. So it was, uh, down South. Uh, a little bit different. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I learned tonight, uh, that, um, Dan is uh, very good at drinking a very, very high alcohol beer and maintaining his composure, which he's done all night tonight. Uh, which therefore lets me know that I'm hoping for some action. I've got to get him really drunk. <laughs> uh, this, this is true. <laughs> um, that was sarcasm, by the way. That, yeah, no, it wasn't. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it uh, wasn't. <laughs> um, I learned that you can crush four American ales in less than an hour and a half, which even not one of our beers is still pretty impressive. Just crack number five there, sir. Just crack number five. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you got two six-packs instead of just one. No, if I did that, I, I wouldn't get up tomorrow morning. I'm good with that. I've got one beer left. I'm going to drink this beer, uh, and, and then I'm going to head up to bed because I have to get up and do a Valentine's Day tomorrow morning with my children. Uh, so uh, we have to do, do that in the morning. Dude, uh, what a great conversation. A lot of fun. Uh, much respect to what you guys are doing over there at Thimble Island Brewing Company. Much respect to you, sir. You are definitely a student of your game, and uh, I appreciate the conversation tonight, man, for real. No, I, I, I really appreciate you having me on, Chef. I, I had a blast. I, I really, really enjoyed this. So thank you. Thank you for giving me the You're opportunity welcome. to speak. Anytime, man. Open door policy, bro. You killed, you killed it. You're easy to talk to. Whenever you want to come on and talk about some shit, just run your mouth. You're there. Just give me the shout. And uh, like I said, I told you, it was easy, right? We just run our mouth. That's all we did. Oh, yeah. No, just casual conversation. I mean, you get me talking about beer, I'll go on for hours. So uh, that's we do. probably good that it's a shorter shorter program than you know five or six hours long <laughs> jesus christ suddenly went for an hour and a half almost holy shit <laughs> i know i could keep going for another four and a half hours i'm not gonna lie <laughs> well see what i want you to see here is that i just want you to point out that i'm a professional at what i do and that's how come it's so easy all right, all right don't put me over yes, it's fine <laughs> uh just no, remember no, no just re- you are i will definitely agree with that <laughs> look just remember tomorrow when you go to work uh listen daddy you never know where you're going <laughs> if you don't know where you came from. <laughs> Just remember that tomorrow when you go to work, all right? The list. That's you right. Got, you got to have that exactly. list, Daddy-O. <laughs> I'm just hey, going to drop I that to, like, the production staff, and they're just going to look at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, but just walk away and don't acknowledge them after you say it. Just walk away, like, <laughs> confidently. Just, just drop confidently. that. Just walk up to them, drop that, and just drop the mic and walk yes. away like i'm done and then when you about when you're about to exit the room and go back into uh that little private room you guys got i want you to take your shirt off mm-hmm. and throw it at him and then walk out <laughs> <laughs> just, just just to add that exclamation point to it <laughs> hey man uh check it out we got three minutes and 45 seconds i want to wrap it up with you i appreciate it brother uh great conversation thank you again for uh uh, all your hospitality last week, and I truly, truly appreciate it. It means the world to me, uh, and I will do whatever it takes to help push this brand because I really, really enjoy it, and uh, you guys are inspiring about what you're doing there. So, again, thank you for your time tonight, my friend, and I look forward to chatting with you on down the road. All right. Sounds good, Chef. Thank you. My man. All right, guys. There he goes. That's my friend, Dan Cole. He is the manager of brewing operations at – uh, Thimble Island Brewing Company. What a great guy. What a great conversation. I could talk to that guy for a couple hours about beer. Uh, like I said before, when we opened the show, um, I like beer. And when I like beer, I like to talk about beer. I like to drink beer. I like to do all those sort of things. Uh, so, and it, it, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. In the meantime, and in between time, ladies and gentlemen, please, if you're interested in checking out Station Head, shoot me a message on social, on uh, chef at plumlovefoods.com. We'll get you guys a, uh, a code. You can come on there and check it out. Uh, and, and you can check out the beta. It doesn't cost you any money or anything, uh, but these guys are crushing it. Uh, what a great conversation talking to Dan. I urge you guys, hardcore urge you guys to check out thimbleislandbrewing.com. They're making some great products over there. Again, thimbleislandbrewery.com. They're in Brantford, Connecticut. 
uh, doing some great stuff. Looking forward to the future with these guys. Looking forward to hanging out again with my man Dan and, of course, all the folks over there at Thimble Island. I'm going to finish my beer that I just poured uh, and enjoy the rest of my evening and relax for a few minutes before I go up to bed to finish out this crazy week. Got a long, uh, a crazy, crazy long day catering tomorrow, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Humbled and happy to do it. Uh, in the meantime, if you guys haven't done it yet, I urge you to go to Facebook.com, uh, type in Chef Plum, and check out the latest episode of Edible Nutmeg on the Road. We are at the Hickories in Ridgefield, Connecticut. It's awesome. We will be down in Long Island shooting very, very soon, and Queens shooting very soon, Rhode Island shooting very soon. This project is blowing up, and I have you guys to all thank for it. So thank you very, very much. Uh, also, if you haven't done so, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, it does a lot for the algorithm, and that uh, is a big deal, apparently, for whatever the fucking algorithm means. I don't Check that out. Uh, give me a rate, review, subscribe. It's awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, as always, in the meantime, and in between time, ladies and gentlemen, food is one of the most important things that we have in life. Everything important in life happens around food. Let's make sure we give it the time that it deserves. And I'll see you guys next Monday night. Talk to you soon. Peace. I came to, I came play. to play. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I, I came to play. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.